We're here again. In case you have just not been paying attention, Ronica Stone, a former Oregon volleyball player, has been having conversations with student athletes who are now excelling off their playing field and in sports entertainment. And this one, just like the last conversation, is a, is another special one. Brianna was an actual member of our 2019 Game Changing Retreat cohort, and she came to us uh, by way of Will Baggett, one of our day one. And nothing about Brianna surprises me, but I think she had a lot of things to say that I think um, a lot of student athletes, including yourself, had to hear. But I want to hear from you. What was the main thing that you kind of took away from the conversation? It just kind of like what we spoke about with Talea, she's, she talked about internships and going beyond. She did seven internships, I'm pretty sure. Different. She did have injuries, which led her to go out of the game a little earlier. But she took the time to build on who she was outside of sports. And instead of just dwelling on the fact she's no longer an athlete, she went and took action, got those internships, and kept climbing the ladder. I think she's only a few years out of college and working in executive operations at the Orange Bowl is a huge task, which she names them all throughout the interview, like everything that she does. And so I think for student athletes, knowing that your community is never too small and your connections are never limited. Um, she she took a part, a huge part in taking advantage of all the time she had, which, you know, I think a lot of student athletes don't do every day. When there is free time, they want to take it to themselves when they can really be stepping out and building a brand for themselves. You talk about connections and her network and her community. What was it a, that she said to you about how she used her community that really made you think like, okay, maybe I need to step it up or are there are things that I could do better? She has... Uh, I guess a family, not only with her athletics, but with her sorority that she's in. And I think right away, that is already like, that is a huge family. Like a sorority, like <laughs> that's a huge family. And so I think for me, it was um, taking advantage of the people that you have around you. Um, I think like the world is small and like just seeing an alumni, like already they're going to help you. And I've already had an experience where just because we went to Oregon, like he was willing to help a former duck. So just knowing who is willing to help you, knowing who you've been with and never being afraid to step up and ask and um, letting one opportunity lead to another, not thinking something is too small and it might not be where you wanted to start, but you're going to end up where you want to be in the end. I love that. I love that. And I love that former Ducks are are willing to help you because we always say um, that's that's the best network you can always start with. Former volleyball players that came before you, they want to see you succeed. Um, and I'm glad that you've been able to get not just a taste of what people have said of how it can work, but you've got a taste of it yourself. And I think Brianna was a great conversation for you to have as you embark on your next chapter and for all those listening i think you will enjoy her conversation and there there are more to come many more to come yes 
Hello. <laughs> it Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I was so confused. Like, there's no, no it's way. Okay. I think mine was because my page was on private. <laughs> well, now we know for future. Right. But while you were at Xavier, you know, your career got ended a little short because of injuries. Right. What was, you know, your transition like from being a student athlete, going there for basketball to all of a sudden, you know, being a regular student? Right. Um, I think part of it was it wasn't easy at first, um, but my teammates were super supportive and just um, allowing me to create a life on campus as well as still including me in like the team things and like still allowing me to be a big part of the team. But a part of it was also starting to get involved on campus and creating a life outside of sports, which is what I've known my whole life. So it was hard at first, but I think um, once you kind of get over the fact that you might not be playing again, getting to the uh, campus life and trying to, you know, get involved and see what you actually like so you can actually start a career after yeah. basketball. <laughs> yeah, and you were on the basketball team, obviously, yeah. but you also joined a sorority. So now you have, like, it's like a family you have a right. sisterhood. Ooh, and you have, yeah, everywhere. You have all these connections because I know sororities, right. their connections go on forever. So what is it like being able to have so many different connections and were you able to use those? Um, absolutely. I think um, being part of a sorority is a lot more than the sisterhood that it is. You know, you do. I had that support system mentally, emotionally, spiritually. They were always there. My line sisters were. But also the networking possibilities. I mean, if I wanted to go work at a you know, an outreach or a community outreach area, nonprofit, I had connects there or, you know, in the sports realm, it's so easily, you know, easy for me to just go meet somebody and just say, oh, I'm, you see a soror or anything like that, you, yeah. just, you know, <laughs> hug and all of a sudden it's family. So networking through Delta has been amazing and they're so warm and welcoming and it is about that sisterhood, but also making sure that we, you know, make strides in the sports industry or any other industry um, just by supporting each other. So that support system has been huge. And I talk to my sisters every day. So they've been amazing. <laughs> and now you're a coordinator of executive operations with the Orange Bowl Committee. I have no idea what what you do. So can you <laughs> tell okay. us what that is? <laughs> so there's um, a lot of different aspects of sports, obviously. Uh, executive operations is, it, it kind of encompasses a lot of things. But really what it is is, um, taking charge of the executive office. So we have our COO, the CMO, the CFO, and then I work directly under the CEO of the Orange Bowl Committee. And we, I mean, I do a lot of different things, but some of it is travel itineraries for everybody. Some of it is budgeting, correspondence. We do have an Orange Bowl Committee uh, with 350 to about 400 members. Mm -hmm. And they, we have a board of directors, we have subcommittees and just correspondence with them. And then how we take their ideas and what they need um, and bring it to the actual Orange Bowl. Um, and they support us through everything. So that is very important along with VIP programs. So making sure that, you know, head coaches are taken care of. We do an athletic director's dinner where I got to meet um, Carla Williams and I was starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> so it has been um, amazing, but I have learned a lot of different things. I'm in charge of uh, three different budgets. So that was oh my, my first gosh. time being part of budget. I've never ran a budget before, but they trusted me. So it's been good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. lot. It's a lot. <laughs> How were you even able to get that job? Ooh, 
So I think, <laughs> so I think um, through networking really, but I was at the CFP before this. So the college football playoff, I was an intern there. And honestly, my boss here at the Orange Bowl called the executive director, Bill Hancock, and was like, do you have anybody that is good enough to come work for us? And he, you know, I was the first name that he said. He said, Brianna Gladney, she's an intern. She's ending her year here. She'll be the best. And I did, I think I did a Skype interview and I was, I was golden. So having someone to really sponsorship you and just like push your name out there, um, it didn't go without, you know, hard work or, mm. you know, being the best at what you do, but still like Bill Hancock and, you know, Andre Williams, they really like pushed my name out there and I got the job. So I was really, you know, I was really excited for that. Yeah. As you should be. <laughs> with all that job. you're doing. <laughs> it was the first job. So I was like, bet, getting, you know, paid. <laughs> right after I graduated, run me my money. <laughs> but even then, you still were a member of the 2019 Game Changer, the Winning Edge Game Changer Retreat. What brought you to the Winning Edge? Um, so I had my mentor at the time was Will Baggett, who was also at the CFP. And he had pushed uh, me and some other interns to apply. And so once I, you know, did my research and everything, I found out that Reggie Jennings was part of it. And so I called him and I was like, hey, what is this, what is this about? And, I mean, once he explained the passion that he had about talking about the game changers, I was like, oh, I have to be a part. Yeah. So I applied. And, you know, I was so excited when Corinne, you know, called me and was like, hey, like, we would love to have you. But um, I applied because those two people really pushed me to do so. And then doing my own research, I, you know, Game Changers really aligned to what I want to do with my career as well. So. And what were your top three takeaways from the retreat? There were so many. We had so many <laughs> great speakers. I mean, it is set up so well. And yeah. I just, <laughs> I had an amazing time. But if I had to do three, um, one is networking and I know everyone speaks about it and that's why, because it's so important, yeah. but like networking etiquette, I believe is something that they, you know, kind of pushed into us while we were there. And I believe that through that you have to be a genuine person. So everyone there was, no one there was trying to step on each other, trying to get, you know, to talk to, you know, Maria or talk to Corinne or anybody else. It was just, like it, honestly a family situation and like family oriented. Mm -hmm. So it was easy for all of us to be who we are and to open up to learn and to talk and be vulnerable with each other. So I definitely think um, taking away from that would be like being a genuine person and keep being who you are, but also networking, not only, you know, from the top to the bottom, but also side to side with your peers and just having that support system with you. So those are some big thing takeaways that I had from the retreat. Yeah, I'm jealous. I was supposed to be there. I mean, I, I said this to someone else before, but, but I went to Europe instead. I'm like, that's not oh, so, so it was fine. <laughs> like, it's okay. It's okay. But they spoke on networking and making the connections. You had a couple internships before. Yes. And what did you do to, you know, have spoke about this with Talia, like right before on how mm -hmm. to make your resume or make who you are stand out above the rest? What did yeah. you do? to make yourself stand out? So, well, first I had seven internships prior to this. <laughs> I thought a couple of my <laughs> No, 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 I'm just, just trying to think. So I think building your resume is so important, but one thing that I've learned, I was grateful enough, not, I guess grateful is not the right word, but once I tore my ACL, I was like, all right, I gotta, 
I got to do something. <laughs> so yeah. internships were my thing. A lot of student athletes don't get that. So what I've learned with my resume um, and how to, you know, keep yourself away is that once you get that foot in the door, once you get that first interview, it's all about highlighting things that other people can't, you know, don't have. And student yeah. athletes have a lot that other people just don't have. It's innate competition, like innate hard work. You have, you know, we're not scared to work late or long hours. We're not doing, cause we're in the gym. We're, you know, on the field, we're on the court. So we all have those like innate characteristics that just other people just don't have. And so yeah. <laughs> if you can take that and translate it on your resume and take that and translate it to, you know, your interviews, I think you'll at least get to the second or third interview by mm -hmm. far. And then by there, it's just about your experience. Yeah. And what, what do you want your end game to be? Unless you want to work for executive operations forever. I don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like a lot. But I'm grateful to have this position right now just because I get to do a whole lot of things mm. and in operations. So I know exactly what I don't want to do. <laughs> um, but my end goal is to stay in, you know, stay in operations, but have it geared toward game management and event, event planning. Mm -hmm. um, so what I've been learning, you know, you know, managing a budget, I think that's one of the things that's huge and it's not really taught in school. So yeah. having that experience has been great, but my end goal is to stay in event management and game management. Um, hopefully at the top level, I would love to go to a conference to see how that is, but being at a bowl has been great. Um, just learning what you guys, what we do all year round. Everyone thinks like we just have a game in yeah. like January, December time. And it's like, all right, so you're off for the rest of the year. And it's just like, no, not at all. So um, I think right now just to stay in that game management and operations and to keep pushing that forward. And for those that don't know, you have dual degrees and you got two degrees in four <laughs> years. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm struggling to get my one. You know, I'm still trying to finish that up what resources were you able to use to have that become a reality for you? I'm just going to plug this because I was in student athlete development after I graduated at Boston college. And if you don't use your student athlete development people, mm -hmm. you're, you're setting yourself back. <laughs> they are yeah. there specifically <laughs> for to with your resume, help you with all of those things. So <laughs> You went out a little. Can you repeat that? <laughs> Sorry. Dang. There you go. No. There you go. You good? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> um, student athlete development. Anybody who works in student athlete development uh, is there specifically to help you with your career. Is there specifically mm -hmm. to help you with your resume, to see, you know, to even help you seek your passion. So if you don't use your academic advisors, if you're not using your student athlete development department, if you don't have one, advocate one. Um, there's a lot of schools have SAC. Is that yeah. something that you can build? So using those resources for me was top tier. They helped me, you know, reach out to my own athletic department. You know, I, one of my internships was at Xavier doing, I think, marketing promotions. Do I want to do it now? No. But now I know I don't want to do it now. <laughs> Yeah. And so that was something that um, the resources that, you know, my school actually gives us was a big help for me. And from all the internships you've had, all of the mentors you've spoken with, what was the greatest advice you've ever received? I think the, um, I think the best advice, 
that I received. I've, I received a lot <laughs> just because I was, as I was growing, but yeah, seven is that, you know, is that <laughs> seven. Um, I think that keeping people around you um, that will support you through everything um, and different people, you know, different people can be different parts of your life, but people who will support you mentally, who will challenge you, you know, mentally, people who will support you emotionally, those people are essential to who you will become and who you are and to help you grow. And so keeping that peers, those peers around you that will help you, it's important to have people who are above you that can mentor you and, you know, push your name out there. But having that peer group, so Game Changers group, like we have a group chat and we text every day. And it's something that, you know, whether it's, hey, how, you know, good job in your graduation, wish we were there, or I see you overseas, are you okay? Like everything okay? So just having that support system. Um, and, in, and in that support system, your peers can be heavy hitters. You know, like Reggie, Reggie Jennings is getting his master's and like we talk, you know, we check up on each other. We have, you know, Kiana Harrison, she, I would consider her my best friend, and she was the intern at CFP, but now she's getting her MBA and her MS in sports. And so you're just like, oh, wow, I'm this. But the more that you are, the, you know, the more you grow, the people around you will grow, and they'll help you out. And so keeping that peer group together and just having, being that genuine person. And that's something that Kareem told me. She was like, don't sleep on your own community. Like, I'm always, people are always trying to reach out and, like, try to figure out people that are at the top, but it's like, your friends are climbing up right with you. Right like, here with like, you. Like, <laughs> and they may be going different ways, but, like, if Kiana's doing, I don't know, like, let's say Reggie wants to do uh, business. Okay, well, you have to have someone in business in your athletic department. You have to have somebody in operations in your department. And it's okay to learn what he's doing, what, what, learn what they're doing, but they're climbing with you, and so they know your struggles, and y'all can talk about that. So, yeah, for sure. She taught me that, too. So <laughs> I'm glad, glad everyone else is listening, too. Um, we're going to open up for questions so you guys have questions continue asking the question box this one what is it like moving to Miami advice for someone who's struggling with moving away and I know you're a military kid so you've been moving around forever right <laughs> um, moving I did the same thing that um, oh, no. Kalea was <laughs> that's my life <laughs> um, I was so the thing that Talia said not to do is what I did. And now I know, just like she said, not to do it. I accepted that job and was like, yep, I'll be there in two weeks. And yep, I can move there. And don't worry about the moving costs. I'm just going to go. <laughs> and so don't do that, like she yeah. said. But um, moving to Miami has been, it's been great in a lot of ways, just because it's such a diverse area. It's warm. You know, once the beach is back open, beach. Yeah. And so Miami has been a great move, but I've moved other places where I, I, I lived in Boston, it's cold, snow. Mm -hmm. And so adapting is something that can be hard, especially if you're used to one certain thing. Um, but the way that I adapt, you know, you find your support system, like I said, like I said, but, you know, reaching out to people in the actual area, like, it's hard to make friends once you're out of college. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like getting, you know, getting more involved in the area, getting involved in your community, um, reaching out to even coworkers. It's something that has been hard for me, but I've been doing, and it's also helped with my transition in Miami, especially after my first year here. Going into my second year, I do have a little bit more friends out here and, you know, trying to reach out to them and, you know, have fun out, out here, not just cooped up. Yeah. You spoke about adapting. So how do you, from, I'm a student athlete right now, and how do other student athletes go from adapting to being something other than an athlete, becoming 
a professional and becoming right. a learner and then to where you are now? Exactly. Um, that's a great question. It's, I would say it's a hard transition if, if you thought you were going to go further in your sport. So if you think you're, you know, going professionally, it's hard to transition back to like something that you're not familiar with. But I do challenge student athletes who are in, you know, still in school to start looking at like what their future might be without a sport. But that transition going from an athlete to a, you know, full-time adult <laughs> is it's hard. But I think, you know, um, starting to kind of piece together and start doing informational interviews. I say this to almost everybody I talk to. Informational interviews have saved my life. It has gotten me, you know, like, oh, I don't want to do that in my life. I don't want to do that job or anything like that. So informational interviews, if you see somebody that you know that's in a position that you want to be in, just shoot an email, a professional email, Get maybe have someone else look over it, <laughs> but a professional email and just say, hey, I would love 10 minutes of your time Maybe we can get coffee if you're in the area. If not, can we hop on a Zoom call? Can we hop on a call for 10 minutes? I just have a few questions um, about where you've been, what, how'd you get there, and stuff like that. I think those informational interviews really get you know, people's minds going about what they want to do and then what they don't want to do. I think informational interviews are really important. And one thing I could say about those is that prepare in-depth questions about them. Just don't be like, oh, so where are you from? What do you do yeah. exactly? Like, you know, you could ask more in-depth questions about their day-to-day duties, what specifically, you know, if you look up their bios, like, okay, I saw you went from here to here, how that transition was that. You can even ask, like, oh, now that COVID is over, how that affects, you know, yeah. all those things. So I'm, like, taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just the informational interviews are really important, especially when you're in that middle of the transition, just so you can kind of see what you want to do. Yeah. I'll finish it off with this question. How did you build your network? What worked best for you? That's a great question. Um, it really is. <laughs> I think, so I can't, I can't not say this just because she was such an you know, inspiration to me. My aunt, Andrea Williams, is someone who has put me, you know, paved the way for me in the sports industry and put me in positions where I can talk to others in the industry to see what I want to do. Um, but the way to keep your network, I think, to build it is you just have to reach out. You just have to get out of your comfort zone and send that email. They may not respond, but maybe, you know, it's Christmas time and you send this the fifth email that you sent to them. And they're like, you know what? I'm feeling really giving today. You have now made a network. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how, you know, you shouldn't blow them up and annoy them. But like, oh, you know, hey, Merry Christmas. Hey, I saw, you know, you got a new AD congratulations, hope everything works out for you, you know, maybe we can, can connect. But continuing your network and keeping up with them and knowing what's going on in your industry and what you want to do is important. Mm-hmm. So the way that I kept my network is doing just that, you know, I, you may, you don't have to talk to them, you know, every other month or like a scheduled time, but over the holidays, you know, say, how are you doing? When COVID hit, you're just reaching out to saying, hey, hope everything's okay. I don't know how this is going to affect your industry, but just, you know, reach out to me if you need anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and going over that and just keep going, even if they do not respond the next <laughs> holiday, hey, it, it is, it's persistent because one day they're going, you know what, there was this kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they do it. And that's how I got one of my mentors. She just was just 
I was just blowing her up. She's like, oh, you know, I'll respond. Right. If I don't respond, she's going to keep coming. <laughs> so I think that's, um, that's one of the things. It's not spoken about a lot. And people are really nervous about reaching out to just people that they don't actually don't know. But a lot of people like talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Because it's going to be your entryway on how you get to know them. No. Oh. I think that is great advice, and that's <laughs> one of my, I'm like, I don't want to annoy someone, I'm like, but I have to they be will, annoying or else they won't notice me. You're exactly. <laughs> Do you know how easy it is to, uh, to just ignore an email? <laughs> it's not annoying them. It's so easy. <laughs> They're it's just scrolling past them. and they don't see it. It's just like, that's exactly. It's like, what? <laughs> but thank you so much for coming oh, on yeah. and giving us all of your advice and your time and letting us know what's next and what it takes. Good luck with everything, and hopefully you're surviving the Rona. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Bye. All right, guys, another great episode and a great conversation. I didn't know what to expect because she does a lot, and we heard that. So if you want to keep tuning in, follow us on everything. You know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. If you're not following us and you're on this live, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. And subscribe to the YouTube. We'll keep posting updates on what's coming up next. You'll see this full episode in like two seconds. And up next, we're going to have Christina Nelson and Callie Rivers. I'll give up more information as it goes on, but that'll be on Thursday. And continue to follow along. Thank you, guys.